For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. San Diego State and FAU, Florida Atlantic University on one side, Miami and UConn on the other. What? A nine, a five, a five, and a four. That's what we have left in the college basketball tournament. It is utterly remarkable. What do you make of it? What does... What does it say about the future of the sport? Are we getting, I mean, I don't even know. Is it because of the portal? Is it because of NIL, which I don't think it is. I don't think NIL has had a negative impact on the game. I don't think it's had a negative impact on the best teams. Is it about one and done? Like I think we're, we're going to be grasping at things here. I do think this. And I don't believe this is a new development. We get seduced by the best talent. We get seduced by it. But I don't think it's the best way to win in college basketball. You need talent. Don't get me wrong. It's not always, though, the super NBA talent that wins in college. You need a mix of some... Rick Pitino used to talk about having lottery picks. Need a mix of that, but you need, I think, older players. And if you go back and you look over the last, we'll just say decade, the teams that won have been older teams. Connecticut in 14, Duke in 15, Villanova in 16, Carolina in 17, Villanova again in 18. Virginia 19, older teams. We didn't have one in 20, right? 21, Baylor, older team. For the most part, older teams have won. Got to have talent, but for the most part, older teams have won. And that, to me, is a big deal. All right. Uh, I want to play something, uh, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to Lavelle Moton. I want to play this. I saw this interview, and Lavelle Moton has actually tweeted it out. The and I don't know exactly when this is. Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News asks a question. There is one of those giant Zoom call panels, and Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, our friend, asks a question about why uh, it has been so uncommon. For coaches to leave an HBCU basketball job, because it's a basketball, it was from the Field of uh, 68 podcast series. Why has it been so uncommon for coaches to leave an HBCU job for a better job, a step up? I'm not talking about a step up to the Southland Conference, but to even a mid-major or a high-major job. And this is Chris. I don't know Chris's last name. No, Chad, I'm sorry, this is Chad, but Chad 
works at one of the search firms that is so popularly used to identify coaching talent. Here's Chad's answer to Mike DeCourcy's question about why don't HBCU successful coaches get elevated? Again, these ADs, a lot of times they they don't know what they don't know, right? Or, or they do know what they don't know, and they rely on a lot of people. Um, I will say, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, you know, there's got to be a little hustle, a little self-promotion, a little marketing done, right? And the guys in the HBCU, they're not using an agent. They're not out there kind of putting their name out there. Like, it's a squeaky wheel in, in a lot of these deals where, you know, agents just wearing me out about a guy. Okay, we'll look at him, you know, or, or you know, someone's made the effort. So a lot of those guys, what did I tell you earlier about coming through here when they're recruiting or anything, haven't made the effort to reach out and really get to know us, right? So there's a hustle element there. It, 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 unfortunately, guys, it's not good enough to just be good at your job anymore because there's a lot of good coaches out there. You got to be good. You also have to be connected and known. Right. Because um, what I say earlier, thousands of jobs or thousands of coaches competing for tens of jobs. All right. There are a lot of nice little catchphrases there, but that was largely word salad and BS. Um, the first part was that, well, administrators don't know what they don't know. Well, that's why they hire you, the search firm. Right. Administrators who don't know the landscape hire you, the search firm, who knows the landscape, has identified the coaches. They don't self-promote enough. Okay. I don't think that's Lavelle Moton's problem. I'm not talking, I'm not calling him a self-promoter, but he's got a social media presence, not to mention just an overall media presence. So if you are in college basketball and you are unaware of who Lavelle Moton is, then you are simply unaware of college basketball. Because I don't believe there's anybody working in college basketball that doesn't know who Lavelle Moton is. We talk about marketing. We talk about agents wearing you out. They haven't made an effort to get to know us. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone could do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan. If you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Um, what exactly is the job of the search firm? You're supposed to know the candidates. It isn't their job. It sounds to me like Chad, and I don't mean to bash Chad here. I think Chad was unprepared for the question, as was Katie, who Chad threw it, who threw that question. It's like, hey, what do you think of this kid? We're not going to play Katie yet. Because uh, Lavelle Moton is with us here. But I watched that video, Lavelle Moton, and two things jumped out at me. First is, 
if they don't know who you are, they they have no clue who college, what college basketball is. And the other thing is they disqualified their firms because clearly they don't do they don't do they don't work very hard if they have no idea who Lavelle Moton is. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. How you doing? Doing very well. That was <laughs> first time I had seen that video. You tweeted it. I don't know how old that video is. Mike DeCourcy, who I'm very good friends with, uh, who asked who asked the question, seems to think that video is kind of old. Which nothing has really changed anyway, so it's still pertinent. Um, but have right. you have you found that to be the case when it comes to not just you or maybe not you at all, but other coaches from historically black colleges and universities? Well, I, I, I remember the conversation a couple of years ago, and I think it was when, if I ain't mistaken, I think it was during the time that everyone was, you know, in the house because of uh, COVID, yeah. right? <laughs> so everybody was podcasting and Zooming every day, you know, <laughs> that, that sort of thing, right? And I really just think it got to a point where people had too much time on their hands because <laughs> I I kind of remember it, in the fallback of it, but I never really seen the clip. People had just told me about it. And then the other day, someone sent it to me. And for the first time, you know, four, four minutes and 30 seconds on social media, that's an, that's an entire day. Yeah. Right? Like none of our attention spans are built like that anymore. Right. That's a like, podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> I can't watch podcasts. Like, so I looked and I saw it was like four minutes and something. And I was like, they said, no, you just really need to watch it. And I watched it. And all I could say was, wow, at the end. And, and and let's be clear, like, I would never comment on stuff like that. Um, the only reason I commented on it, because Mike phrased the question, Lavelle Moten, right? So now right. it's personal. It's not just a, a general statement yes. anymore. We're not talking about all the HBCUs or whatever. We're talking about Lavelle Moten. And it. it it stung a little bit for Chad and what was the young lady? Katie. Kate? Katie. Kate. Kate. Yeah. Right. It stung for them to say, I, I don't care. They, they don't have to know who I am. None of those things. I'm, I'm, I'm not tripping off any of those things. It just hurt because the negative connotations and the stereotypes that's associated with HBCUs, if we're being honest, and that's been the elephant in the room for so long, they basically repeated it. Yeah. They need to hustle more. Yeah. They need that market. They need to have a presence. Um, Katie said, well, it ain't like we can read minds. They need to call us and let us know, let them know we're interested. Like, what? Yep. Right? And so they need to have a social media presence. Like, all of these things. And I'm going, like, like is that the heel that y'all choosing to die? Like, that's – and it was, it was personalized, right? Yep. And so my thing is my grandmother always told me, all you have in this world as a man is your word and your bond and your name, right? And so my name, I try to take care of it as best I can because, look, I know I'm not in the business where I can afford to make some of the mistakes that you've seen some of these coaches make in our profession throughout mm-hmm. the years and they sit out of here and come back and get a second chance. Like, I, right. I, 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 that's unrealistic for black coaches, period, right? pretty much unrealistic for another black coach to be hired at, at the same spot a black coach was fired from. Mm-hmm. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. It's just the negative connotations when you work so hard to 
you know, create a positive image and just be a great person and be respected amongst your peers and contemporaries. And then someone just says something like this, well, they need to hustle more. They need to do this. They need to do that. And you know you've done all of those things times 10. And I just thought it was lazy. Um, I found it disrespectful. And, again, the only reason I commented on it because it was my name, right? And I'm just right. protecting my name, right? It's not a ploy for a job or, you know, and none of those things, right? Because I've turned down opportunities by you too, right? I've turned down higher jobs before. Right. And so for me, it's always been about the fit. It's never been about the money, but it's always going to be about my name and, and making sure people respect it and it's respected throughout this country. And, and I just found that to be completely disrespectful. Lavelle Moten is joining us here on the Adam Goldshire. You and I have had the uh, conversation. This goes back a while. Uh, and uh, it was about how so few HBCU coaches in either football or men's basketball have ever mm-hmm. been elevated. What I found interesting was that the coach that Mike DeCourcy referred to in that question is white. It wasn't right. even a black coach right. from Hampton. He was a white coach. Right. And the reason why he got hired, and I'm not disparaging anything like that, but the reason he got hired be- was because he had the audacity to win a game in the NCAA tournament. I think they beat Georgetown mm-hmm. that year. I think um, it was Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh, okay, Iowa State, right. Iowa State. Um, but anyway, they didn't hire Fang Mitchell after Coppin right. State won. I don't know, they beat Texas or somebody in the first round that year. Yeah, they beat South Carolina and pushed Texas to the limit to go to the Sweet 16. You, Almost beat Texas, yeah. You have an incredible memory, Lavelle Moten. Uh, but they didn't hire Fang, right? So right. The, it's because that guy won, and it brings me to this. And then I want to ask you about this tournament. Uh, and this the, the culture of college basketball, you know, in, in general. Uh, but we hire coaches for the wrong reasons. And I'm not disparaging any coach that wins a couple of games out of nowhere in the NCAA tournament, and he's the hot coach and gets the next job. Uh, whether right. it's Shaheen Holloway uh, or maybe this Dusty May guy from FAU is going to get another gig, it's not about that. It's about right. we hire the guy who just won a big game rather than somebody who has built a program. And that, to me, is the mistake that administrators make all the time. Is that fair? I think it is. And to your point, I think there's, if we're being honest, there's two different standards, right? And and I don't want to call anyone's name in the coaching profession because it's only 300 of us, so we've got a small (laughs) fraternity, right? But there, there was a guy... Um, who said, if your last name was my last name and your father was my father, you would have been a high major coach five years ago, right? Um, and through the reason, I guess you can kind of guess who. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Was whatever, right? So somewhere through that. But <laughs> I, I do think, you know, I, I do think it, I, I've always been the guy, and I thought, People in this world respected consistency more so than just being the hot guy at the time. And yeah. That's no disrespect to the guys that are hot and, and do something at that time because that's that's extremely difficult too. Um, what we've done here, and I can only really speak for myself, is that we've built the program. And unlike many um, in the country, we had to build it during a difficult transition where we went from Division Two mm-hmm. to Division One. I mean, I'm sorry, Division Two to independent 
to Division One, mm-hmm. right? And no coach in America that I know of had to endure those bumps and bruises. It was going to be some trials and tribulations and some extremely difficult times, but we righted that ship. And over a course of time, we won eight championships in 12 years, whether regular season or tournament, mm-hmm. right? So – and not only that, I did the USA Basketball thing two times, and we had an ESPN documentary. And, you know, I, I challenge any coach or anyone to find another coach that's done more in the community than what I've done, right? And so, again, going back to their point, when they're talking about marketing and being involved in yeah. networking, it's like that's like shots in the ribs. It's like body blows when it just hit me in the ribs. I'm like, come on, like – they're fine. Don't don't hire hire who you want to hire, and that's fine. But don't defame the name of someone else to justify your reasoning and rationale for hiring. And that's the ultimate point. So, um, I think there needs to be people in place that look for consistency a little more, right? Mm-hmm. Because the way this thing is going, like all you have to do is just get hot for one year, and that kind of trumps everything that you've ever done. Um, in your resume, like you can lose for four years, but just win the fifth, and now you can go get a, a hot job, right? And so, to each his own. That's their prerogative. They can hire who they want to hire. I'm not mad at that, and I'm not mad at anything. I just can't allow people to defame my name to justify their decisions that they make. That's fine. They can live with that, but don't don't throw Lavelle. What Lavelle Moby got to do? <laughs> well, I mean, for for that you can blame Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, but uh, he had the best intentions when he mentioned your right, name. I love Mike. He's a great guy. I love yeah. Mike. He's a great no guy. Qu- and he's a big fan of yours. I spoke to him about it today. Uh, yes, clearly you need to hustle more, Lavelle. Um, all right, <laughs> let, let me ask you one thing about this particular tournament, and I don't know why it's taken this long, but maybe it's because we've got San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and UConn uh, here in the Final Four, and people are going, what is going on? Um, how much of what we see now is simply what we should have been seeing for the most part over the last almost decade where older teams, apart from 15 when Duke won, apart from 12 when Kentucky won, pretty much all the other champions have been older, more mature teams. Is that the biggest reason or the biggest factor in success, or is it NIL or Portal or whatever? I think it's a combination of being older and NIL. Right, and I think a lot of those things are beginning to go hand in hand. Yeah. Because I don't care how good an 18 year old freshman is, right? Nine times out of ten, his body needs some development. Um, he hasn't been in those ex- situations. He don't have the necessary experience um, to get you out of a gym in front of 20,000 people on national TV, even though he's talented in a projected lottery pick or first rounder, whatever. A lot of times these 23, 24 year olds, and you got to understand these are COVID kids too, right? So they they got an extra year. So they're really grown men (laughs) across the board playing against 18 year olds. Like if you look at San Diego state, their roster and their, their bodies, man, they, (laughs) These kids are physical, man. They've always guarded you and made it extremely difficult, but they're extremely physical. You look at what Tennessee did to do, like how just how physical that they were. And that's the difference between they're not as talented, but they're just grown men. And so um, once you sprinkle in the portal, 
with that. And then you sprinkle the NIL. Like, people don't understand the NIL. It, it's just basically legal pay. Yeah. Right? right? Everything that used to be illegal is now legal as long as it goes through a booster. Right? right? Come on now. What, what is that? Right? And so we've heard the stories for years. Um, and now you don't have to hear those stories anymore because now they can just put them on their tax returns and just <laughs> openly and publicly, um, quote, unquote, buy players. That's where we are in this game. And you just have to adjust if you're one of the 340 coaches in the Division One atmosphere. And that's, that's it's difficult, right? I'll be the first to admit. But that's what we're experiencing right now. It's almost like the have and the have-nots and the rich getting richer type of thing. Lavelle Moten, NC Central head basketball coach. I thank you very much for your time. Uh, we have to get together and have a longer conversation about the uh, the NIL and how the game has changed and all of that. Uh, Absolutely, but, man. Uh, I appreciate your time. Who's who's winning this Final Four? Uh, I think from top to bottom, Connecticut has the best team. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of shock value to it because people aren't as familiar with San Diego State or they may not be as familiar with Florida Atlantic. Right. Um, but And, you, you know, Miami. But the truth of the matter is all of these teams ended the year in the top, ranked in the top 25. So that's how crazy of a year it was with college basketball. But from top to bottom, I watched UConn throughout. They haven't lost any non-conference games. They only just struggled a little bit in the Big East. I thought the Big East overall from top to bottom was the best conference this year. And once they got out the Big East, then, you know, they're up and running again. And Danny does a tremendous job up there. But from top to bottom, I think UConn has the most talent. But, you know, whew, somebody got to see those guys with San Diego State because <laughs> you got to score. You got to score them grown men. You got to <laughs> score that basketball every time down the floor on the five-on-five setting, and that's not going to be easy. I love the guard play at Miami um, and Florida Atlantic. I, I'm not even calling them a Cinderella because they're just flat-out good. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But, I, I, you know, I think Connecticut has the best team. You're the man. I appreciate your time, sir. Uh, best, to, uh, best to your family. I'll talk to you soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me, boss. You got it. Lavelle Moten here. There is nobody I would rather talk to for hours. Hours. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. So it wasn't a great one. I mean, first of all, I shouldn't say it wasn't a great year. NC State won 20 ball games. They play in one of the best leagues, if not the best league in the country. Three ACC teams advanced to the Elite Eight. We'll find out if Virginia Tech can advance to the Final Four tonight. And Wes Moore, NC State women's basketball coach, joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, how are you, sir? I, I'm, I, I hope things are good 
in the wake of, I know, a disappointing end of your season? Yeah, you know, it was a real roller coaster. Um, we had some big wins. Uh, I think we beat four of the teams that were <laughs> maybe in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Uh, with the three, we beat Notre Dame, Louisville, and uh, goodness, somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Notre Dame, Louisville, and Miami. Right. And then we also beat Iowa. And uh, so we had some big wins, and then we had some not-so-good losses. And uh, just like I said, up and down, work consistent. And, you know, we've kind of gotten used to being a top-10 team the last four or five years. So uh, from that standpoint, it was disappointing. And, uh, you know, we're licking our wounds and and trying to reload a little bit. But, uh, uh, again, one of those years. All right, so you guys played Iowa and beat them, and I'm going to use air quotes here. You held Clayton, Car- Clayton, uh, Caitlin Clark, to just 45 points. I have never right. seen anything quite like her. How would you describe Caitlin Clark of Iowa? Well, first of all, if if she crosses half court, you better you better guard her, right? Because uh, she is very comfortable shooting from uh, the, the half-court logo. And I know everybody hadn't seen her may think, oh, yeah, uh, I'm serious. It's unbelievable some of the shots she takes. You're just like, what is she doing? Yeah. Uh, in fact, in the post-game press conference, uh, the media, I think, were trying to uh, reel me in to saying something. You know, they said, well, what do you think about the shots she took and shot selection and all that? Because, uh, like I said, she was shooting near half court. And I looked down at the stat sheet. And I said, hey, she's shooting over 50% from the field. Uh, hey, keep shooting, you know. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you compare her to, for us old school people, Larry Bird or something. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, just unbelievable what she can do with the ball scoring-wise. She also – you know, picks up a ton of assists. Yep. I think I know she had double figures and assists last night. I know yeah. she was on the brink of a triple double. No, she had it. Uh, she, she did. She get the last rebound. I wasn't yeah. sure if she got it or not. She did. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and and like you said, I mean, we didn't we didn't go into it with attitude. Oh, let's let her get hers. I wish I could say we did, but that was <laughs> the game plan. But. Uh, well, we were fortunate. Their other really big-time scorer is their post player. They're big. Uh, she averaged 20 a game, and our post did a really good job that day and held her to five. And so that's how we won. But you're right. I didn't have any of these opposing coaches calling me for a scouting report <laughs> on how to slow Iowa down or how to slow Caitlin Clark down. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, again, it was a great win on the road. And we had some people have some really good games that day. And so uh, that's one uh, to win that I, I won't forget. But she's also a player that uh, probably none of us will ever forget. I mean, this Caitlin Clark averaged 27.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 8.5 assists this year. Uh, to me, she's she reminds me a little bit of Steph Curry, but not Steph Curry when he was at Davidson. She reminds me of right. Steph Curry today. Yeah. I can see that. Now, again, obviously different sports, but as far as men and women's, but, you know, she has the size advantage on Steph Curry. True. Uh, 
in that regard. But yeah, what he's what he's done. I was at Chattanooga when Steph was at Davidson, and they were in our conference. And what he has done with his career is truly amazing. Uh, you know, uh, when, when I first got here, my video person came from Belmont, uh, where he was their, uh, I don't know, grad assistant or something at Belmont men's basketball. And he told me one time, we stopped recruiting Steph Curry because we thought he was too small. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Belmont. Right. And now the dude may be the best player in the NBA, but, uh, yeah, uh, I mean that's a good comparison. They both can shoot from anywhere, so uh, probably a good good comparison. Yeah, I mean I think th- that both players have essentially changed the way the, the way the game is viewed. I think Caitlin Clark will probably uh, do that. We I, I know you you have already been if, impacted by the transfer portal. I know other schools in the league have been in, impacted by it. How much of a game changer has it been for women's ball? Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, you're seeing more parity this year than we've ever seen. Uh, I think part of that is, you know, the transfer portal. If a kid's not not only not getting the minutes they want, if they're not getting the shots they want, uh, someone else is the, uh, you know, the featured player in the offense, they can go to another school and, uh, you know, make mm-hmm. them better instantly. It's it's been a big adjustment for me. I'm used to recruiting high school kids, having them for four years, have them develop and get better. You know, that's what we just graduated a year ago. Kids that were here five years, right. four years, whatever. Uh, so before you could develop and grow as not only as an individual but as a team, and uh, there's not a lot of that now. You you try to develop a player. Uh, they're, you're probably developing them for someone else because they'll probably leave and, and uh, try it somewhere else the next year. And obviously they've hopefully gotten better and matured and are more ready for it. No matter what you say, it's still a big jump from high school yeah. to the ACC, you know, uh, Power Five. And right. so it does take some adjusting. But, uh, you know, now we're we're in the microwave era. It's got to <laughs> happen now. And, uh so it's a challenge, that's for sure, good and bad. Do you spend a lot of time recruiting your own players? Uh, I think you do some, uh, without a doubt. But, uh, you know, I'm old school. I mean, I'm going to coach them up and coach them hard, and and uh, that's, that's not always easy to do. Uh, you know, again, you're trying to, trying to help them get better. You're passionate about it. Uh, but – yeah, that's part of it, but at the same time, like I said, a lot of times it has to do with roles as well, and you know how how they fit in the uh, in the offense and what you're doing, and you know, again, you may have a kid that starts every game, and we've seen some of this already this year in the portal. Kids started every game, but like I said, they want to be the featured person in the offense, so mm-hmm. they decide to go somewhere else. So. Well, Wes Moore from NC State is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, does it help in your recruiting if the uh, if the target, the player, is a Dallas Cowboys fan? <laughs> well, those are getting harder to find nowadays. Oh, you know? please. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I was younger, man, I mean, yeah, Dallas was America's team, but now it's getting tougher. We had we hadn't won in a long time, yeah. Adam. 
<laughs> refresh my memory. Are you an Eagles fan? No, 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 no. I'm not an Eagles fan. I used to be a Jets fan, but I'm not a fan of any particular team anymore. I'm more of a uh, okay. more of a fan of whoever. Uh, I'm more of a fan of players than I am teams at this point. Are oh you... gosh, Adam, <laughs> here we go, Adam. Are you going to go in the portal too? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, if I know, I pull for I, I pull for teams, you know. Um, and uh, so it is. I, I hear what you're saying, though. From an entertainment value, you like the uh, individual players, but uh, it's yeah, just hard to I'm be a fan for me. Cowboys. It's hard for me what? in my in, in my position. It's hard to be a fan of a team. So, for for instance, oh, come on. no, no. For this, this is this is a a true fact for me in my position. I am more easily a fan of people. Like I'm not saying that I don't root for NC State women's basketball. But I root for Wes Moore, and I mean that. I mean that sincerely. So uh, thank you. I need uh, it. I need it right now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So that that's me. Now, w- w- you know, if you, if you move on to uh, the Las Vegas Aces, uh, I may not root for NC State women's basketball at that point. I may just become okay. a Las Vegas Aces fan. So. That, that, well, don't worry about that. I'm not. I'm not going there. I'd get in trouble if I lived in Vegas. I mean, I go out there once a year for a week, and I get in enough trouble. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going there. But uh, all right. no, I, I hear you, and I understand that, and I think that's what's uh, really promoted all the NIL stuff. Is there are a lot of fans like you that you know follow sports because of a star player or mm-hmm. whatever, or, or maybe somebody they've through your job maybe you've built a relationship with yes so i i get that uh i'm old school i, I root for all the dallas teams <laughs> you know and uh so i'm getting ready for baseball season i think the rangers finally maybe they've spent some money and went they out did. and got some players if they can stay healthy so uh but you, I, I get it. I understand. You took my picture. You t- I see. I'm a, I'm still a Mets fan. I grew up a Mets fan. I can't I can't give it all up. So I'm a Mets fan. And uh, you guys you guys took Jacob Degrom. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he'll yeah. pitch a full season for you. I know. It's what everybody's saying is you know can he hold up? Uh, but you're right. He's impressive. Mm. I uh, I've watched him a couple of times out at spring training on t- on on MLB.com or whatever and. Uh, He's looked good. They open up Thursday, and he's starting, obviously. And but he's been limited somewhat. You know, he came to training camp and had a pain in the side <laughs> or something. So uh, he's been on a pitch count. He probably won't throw over about sixty-five or seventy pitches Thursday. So, but he's exciting. He's a oh great talent, that's for sure. He's amazing. Uh, sixty-five or seventy pitches—that's good for about eight strikeouts. Uh, Westmore, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I will always be a Westmore fan, and we will talk again soon. All right, Adam. Thanks so much. Enjoyed it, and uh, good luck to you, man. Good luck on opening day for the Mets. Thank you very much. And and to Jacob DeGrom and the Rangers as well. All right. We need it. We'll take it. All right. You're the best, man. I'll talk to you later. All All right, Adam. Thank you. God, I'm going to hurt my face from smiling this hour. Lavelle Moton, Wes Moore, doesn't get better than that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.